You just listen to the old pork chop express here now and take his advice on a dark and stormy night when the lightning's crashing and the thunder's rolling and the rain's coming down in sheets thick as lead. Just remember what old Jack Burton does when the earth quakes and the poison arrows fall from the sky and the pillars of heaven shake. Yeah, Jack Burton just looks that big old storm right square in the eye and he says, give me your best shot, pal. I can take it. You got the touch. You got the power. Second half of Geek Salad episode 133, The Sausage King of Little China. Now sit back and enjoy as we go through some of our personal favorite movies from 1986. So, without further ado, back to you, Andy. Um, everyone, we get to talk about some of the movies we want to talk about. Yay! Catherine! Ladies first. What, which one do you want to talk about from your list here? Uh, well, I'm going to start with Labyrinth. It keeps changing. What am I supposed to do? Well, the only way out of here is to try one of these doors. One of them leads to the castle at the center of the labyrinth, and the other one leads to... Ba-ba-ba-bum. Certain death. Ooh. Which one is which? Uh, we can't tell you. Why not? Uh, I, uh, we don't know. Which is a good movie. It was aged well. That was the first movie I bought on VHS. Really? I saved and saved and saved. I asked at Zares how much it was going to be. It was 80 bucks. 80? 80. Oh, 80. 80. Oh, remember. Oh, my God. You bought it when it came out. No, no. Remember, Batman was was the first movie that came out for sale under 40 bucks. Or sell through, yep. Well, but, but the thing was that when it came out, like, for some reason, you know, I put my money down, and then when it actually came out, it was like $20, and I got the money back. No. But I saved my allowance money to buy that movie. But, yeah, I bought it when it came out. I might still have that original beat-up, wow. watched a hundred times copy, which in, un, unexplicably had a trailer for The Name of the Rose on it. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Um, I... I but, I, yeah. But yeah, Labyrinth Labyrinth is a lot of fun. A very good movie. And unlike a lot of these other movies that came out at this time, yeah. the lead actress of that movie still has a job. Yeah. Yeah, Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly is still working. Yeah. She's still big. This yeah. movie is one of those movies that, like, I don't feel, I like, I showed my daughter this movie. And she absolutely loved it. She loved Ludo the most. Yeah. Yeah, well... Ludo is a great big teddy bear. Right, exactly. The only funny thing is, though, the worst part of this movie actually is Jennifer Connelly in the beginning of this movie. Oh, where she's, like, doing that English accent thing? Oh, oh yeah. The Princess Leia School of New Hope acting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, 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 listening to the audiobook of um, Wishful Drinking... <laughs> listening to uh, Carrie Fisher make fun of the Princess Leia School of oh. acting is great. Um... It's still not a twist off, Andy. I know that. Sorry. <laughs> so I covered uh, it off with my my shirt. 
Um, My bottle opener is on the other end of the room. No. Thank you, Mike. You're welcome. I got it. And, uh, but I, I wanted that outfit that she wore, the blue jeans, the white collar, the white shirt, and the vest. I, I did that for quite a while in, in high school without nearly as uh, uh, doing it very well. <laughs> I, I, I first saw this movie maybe five years ago. Really? Wow. Yeah, I got I got really late to the party, but I loved it. I it is like, it's a it is fun a it's a fun movie. Every they, nobody in this movie embarrasses themselves. No. Except for that first five minutes of Jennifer Connelly. But that's I don't, know, but I don't she's, know. she's not supposed to be great there. No, no, but David Bowie, I mean as, the, the as, baby the baby kinda of had some off moments. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, well you know. The the as as musicians they acting goes, he was one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. He did a phenomenal job in that movie. Who else could that have been? That could have been Sting. Yep. Yeah, Sting could have pulled it off. Yeah. Sting, Sting yeah. could have done it. But that's about it. Now we when we watched um we you need, watched you need it. the right kind of you need the right kind of guy and it was also the androgynous eighties. So. Right, right. Now I do love. Did you ever see any of the behind the scenes stuff with the guy who actually was standing behind Bowie the entire time with those uh, crystal balls? I. I did watch the the stuff on the my DVD copy that I have, now have, but right because you know Bowie was not doing that. Yeah, Bowie doesn't know how to do that juggle. Right, only a professional juggler knows how to do that juggle. Right. Well, where you spin it? Yeah, yeah we spin them. It's, it's called that con- is contact juggling. Right. There's the spinning well, I... the balls and then the this. Oh yeah, that I can't do, but yeah. I can do the spinning in one hand. That's so I can I can I can spin two balls yeah. in one hand. Try doing that while delivering your lines though. Right. In a costume, and very very tight trousers. Which apparently piece. it's not a cod piece. Not a cod piece, not belt. a dance belt. We we established this this weekend. <laughs> I don't know. When when, you, once 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 Man Who Fell to Earth got to that point, I left the theater. Yep. I was done. When you when your pants are that tight, they might as well just be a dance belt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe. All right. Uh, well, I mean, one of the movies I put down was uh, Heartbreak Ridge. Well, you guys are sitting there pumping the neighbor's dog. We get every swinging dick in this platoon kill. Hey, chill out, man. That's what we're here for. Say what? We're here for that, man. We've ambushed Major Powers three times and always right here. We know what we're doing. Well, shit for brains. Who says we're going to ambush Major Powers right here? Hey, did you hear Lieutenant Ring? Major Powers wants us to die in a loud, grotesque military manner. I don't give a fuck about Major Powers. My job is to keep you men alive. Now, let's move on. Which I've never seen. Never seen it? No, no I, haven't. I mean it's a typical Clint, Clint Eastwood Ashner. He's a tough and gruff Marine sergeant trying to put these uh, new new uh, Marine recon through their paces. And all of a sudden they have to go to Grenada. <laughs> Grenada. You know, no, Dad, what's Grenada? No, you say so, Grenada. He says Grenada. The world, the the the, <laughs> the world supply of nutmeg was in danger. Oh my God! It, <laughs> and if you think I'm kidding. The funny thing about that is the year the, the, when Heartbreak Ridge came out about Grenada, um, SNL did this whole thing of this time life series of books about the Grenada invasion. Yep. Dad, what's Grenada? A childish question. Not a question a child would ask. <laughs> and it was like this eighteen volume, yeah, eighteen volume book series of the invasion of Grenada. Each book chronicling one hour of the invasion of Grenada. <laughs> And then, well, you know that's Ken Burns' next project. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and the most surreal Dearest part... Dearest Aberdeen. The most surreal part of the movie is you got these guys pinned down in this building. They need to call an airstrike, but their radio got shot out. So what they have to do 
So what do they do? They make a collect call to the marine base on the mainland. <laughs> And you're like, what the fuck? Wait, really? so, so was this a comedy? No. <laughs> this is a hardcore drama. Yeah. You lie. No. Oh, come on. Keep in mind, too, this is also six years before Unforgiven. Back when people started taking Eastwood seriously as a director. As a director, yeah. Yeah. I, no, it I've never sounds seen like it. it sound, when you describe it, it sounds like the biggest comedy ever. Yeah. It's, I was starting to wonder. I'm like, maybe it was a comedy. Maybe no. I should watch What happens? It. Oh, the radio's get shot. Quick, grab that phone. We will no, take a call, please. Well, and, the, and the guy's fumbling, sitting there looking for a credit card so he can make the call. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, really? Wow. <laughs> the most powerful military in the world. Okay. Please don't reverse the charges. Come on. The problem, the problem is, I mean, a lot of my Marine friends from college and high school they love that movie oh i'm sure that some of your 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 friends in high school and military school Bill, also Billy. love hamburger hill oh yeah oh and anything with a combat veteran in it because let's be honest there's no such thing as a bad combat movie oh, when you're a combat veteran right? right making the face making the face making the face um mike what do you got uh, i got number one on my list is big trouble in little china all I know is this Lopan character comes out of thin air in the middle of a goddamn alley while his buddies are flying around on wires cutting everybody to shreds and he just stands there waiting for me to drive my truck straight through him with light coming out of his mouth. Check, please. Hello. Hello, you just, yeah. When okay. did this Today, happen? Okay, it didn't, on. Uncle Chu. Not like he says. Yeah, it did, Uncle Chu. Two hours ago. Tall guy, weird clothes. First you see him, then you don't. I love, I love this movie. movie. This is my favorite John Carpenter movie. Go ahead, Catherine. So I watched it for the first time when we decided we were going to do this as our next show. I went home and was like, it's on Netflix. Let's watch it. I laughed so hard. It's it such, a, such fun a good yeah, movie. Is it yeah. awesome? I, I, just, I never gotten around to it, but it was on my to-do list. And I was like, you know what? Now's the time to do it. And it was so funny. I have to say, this is probably Kurt Russell's best Role. I would I would agree. Well, the other thing was that we had just rewatched The Hateful Eight. He talked oh, exactly yeah. the same. And he sounds exactly the same in Tombstone. He uses the same speaking pattern and everything. We're like, he sounds exactly the same. Oh, it was so. I got, you know what? I have to watch it again. I have, you, to, you watch have, it. To, watch I have to watch it again. I and love Kim that movie. Kim Cattrall coming in being so sincere about her motivations to be supportive of everything. I'm like, you're hilarious! <laughs> You just remember what old and Jack Burton said. And it's, oh. <laughs> Guys, do you want an unpopular opinion? You don't you like it. I watched this movie once, and I liked it, but I never feel like I never need to watch it again. Oh, I gotta watch oh, it again. It's I gotta so watch funny. it again. It's, it's up there with Halloween as my favorite John Carpenter movie of all Really? It's I one think of those that... things you have to be in the right place, and and I was I was ready to watch this, and... Um, escape. I, I just feel like Escape from New York is a way is better a movie. movie that oh, does yeah. not, it is a, it's a movie that does not take itself seriously no. in any way and has fun with it. Oh, right. yeah. And yes. it's, it's, it's hysterically it funny. funny. It it's, is, not, it's not like Escape from New York. It is such a love letter to the old like kung fu movies, but it's doing it in such a massively tongue-in-cheek such way. Such a self-aware way. Oh, it's yeah. so fun. It, it, I mean, that's that's the kind of movie where you you know they're having fun making it. You see it, and it comes through in the on the film. It's like that's what you want to be a part of. Okay, <laughs> Mr. Filmmaker. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I don't know. I just part of it was I watched it 
the group of people that I was watching movies with at that time that were like, you got to see this movie, you got to see this movie, it was also the same you got to see this movie people as Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, oh, those people. I hate, I'm, yeah. Yeah. I was told Buckaroo Banzai was sold up to me as the best film of all time. If it had been sold to me as a, as a popcorn wild ride, I probably would have enjoyed it, but it was awful. So, yeah, if, if that was what happened to you, that yeah. would be why. No, no, you have to go and watch Show it. us on the doll. <laughs> Show us on the doll. No, you have you have a bunch of beer and popcorn, and you watch this, and you laugh gloriously. All right. All right, so. A guy inflates until he explodes. And you see lettuce flying. Lettuce. It's funny. Lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> So what do I pick from my list here? All right. Yeah, just go with the first one on the list. Come on. All right. Well, yeah, 1986 introduced me to independent movies. So, um... Well, you know we're not going to have anything to say about them. Top of my list, Blue Velvet. Come on. I want you to meet a friend of mine. Hey, Raymond, you get enough beer for Ben, too. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken. Heineken? Fuck that shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! You guys ever seen Blue Velvet? Actually, I have. Yeah. I, have I have not seen it. However, I, I saw head. the movie poster when I was scrolling through, and I was like, well, this it's is It's a David Lynch movie. That's all you need to know. This is not a safe for work thing to be looking at right now. It is... It's a David Lynch movie. It is a crazy fucking David Lynch movie, though. And that, that's... If our David Lynch movie, it's saying something. I mean, it's that small town Americana that is harboring secrets. Dennis Hopper in this movie oh, is such he is so wigged out. In he movie. is a he's such a villain in this movie. He's got like the gas mask. He's, he's just giving himself the, the you know the, the oxygen. Um, Isabel Rosalini is awesome in this because I just think she's still hot. Kyle McLaughlin's in this. I had only known him as Paul Atreides at that point. So. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been a wake up call. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it, it's one of these movies that really, for me, cemented what I love about David Lynch. Just like that small town, you know, just tracking shots of just watching a car's headlights drive down the road type of yeah. type of thing. Um, soundtrack is a lot of fun, and I mean, th this movie essentially is what begat uh, Twin Peaks to begin with, so Twin Peaks is an awesome show. <laughs> I think I've only seen one movie that it. David Lynch ever directed. Dune? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, no, like, 86, like, I remember, because it was my freshman year in high school, and I used to, before I realized that snack bar was a way better use of my study time, <laughs> I used to go to the library, and I used to read, the, I, I was introduced to the Boston Phoenix. So I would just read article after article after article. Wait a second, the library had Boston Yes, Phoenix? it did. Really? Yeah. Wow. You spent too much time in snack bar, sir. I did. Um, I didn't read the newspaper. I read their one copy of ElfQuest number four. Oh, okay. I read a lot of microfiche, too, back then. That was really an introverted right. kid at that Nerd! point. Nerd! That's right. Hey, that was, the that was the same fall. The fall of 86 is when I read all the books in Frank Herbert's Dune series. So, yeah. No power to you, my son. <sighs> Need to find myself a girl. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I remember, like, I would watch all these. I would remember, like, seeing the ads in the Boston Phoenix Days movies. Then, when I started working at Adopted Video, I started renting them. So the two from 86, I remember, is Blue Velvet, which I loved, and this movie called Betty Blue, which I couldn't really tell you a whole lot about other than it's French. <laughs> it's wow. very, very, very sad, and the opening five minutes is the best sex scene you will ever see in a movie 
Ever, ever, ever. Wow. A sad French film. Whoa. Yes, Whoa. but the first five minutes is fucking awesome. Never happened. Never happened. Were they smoking cigarettes Galois and... Uh, oh, God, yeah. Someone dies at the end by their own hand. Yep, yep, so... Smoking Galois. <laughs> bitching about the state of life. We are just all stride of grave. <laughs> <laughs> what is the Thank you, Mr. Sartre. <laughs> All right, what Catherine. Point of this? Catherine, what's your next one? Well, let's let's bring this um out of out of scary world into ridiculous world and go with short circuit. Oh God. Number five. You got away? Yep. You can't stay here. They'll find you. Stephanie, change color. Uh. Attractive. Nice software. Hmm. I love that movie. If I were Pakistani or Indian, I would be so offended by this movie. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper poop? <laughs> oh my god. See, the thing is, when I was... <laughs> I was about 15 when I saw this, because again, HBO. HBO. Um, I had no idea that dude was white. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. Me Not neither. until I saw Fisher Stevens years later, I'm like... Oh bullshit! <laughs> I finally Who realized that face was. Uh... I realized that when I saw him in Hackers, I'm like, wait, Hackers shorts are holy crap! That it all be... comes full circle, Mike. That and... cannot be the same Fisher Stevens. That Fisher Stevens is Indian. <laughs> He's Pakistani. No, no. <laughs> God damn it! Racism. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, Dante Hicks is just like you. He loves grape soda. However, beyond that, Rally it face. is a fun-ass movie. And Johnny Ooh. Five. Johnny Five is a lot. Oh, God, it's so... I don't it's... think I could watch it ever again. No. <laughs> I, I can watch that over and over. I I, I, watched, best... I did, and I, I can't do that. <laughs> I would like to, you know, it's one of those, leave my joy in the past. Yeah. And, and remember, you know... Remember the I good times. I gotta get to the choppers. Remember what are the choppers? What are choppers? I thought we were calling them Hueys. We're calling them choppers now? <laughs> that is the best role that Steve Gutenberg and Ali Sheedy ever had. Oh, yeah. That was that was the height of, of Gutenberg. Yeah, we were at Pete Gutenberg. We were at Pete Gutenberg. No, we wouldn't hit Pete Gutenberg for one more year when oh. the baby came out. Well, when, was, but, but he, did, he when, also did a, 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 The Long Bit. No. When was uh, Police Academy? Which Police Academy movies were this one? Was this one? Uh, eighty six. That would have been three. Back to the Academy or whatever the hell that was. My very first date movie. God help me. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, no, Police Academy. 3. Wow. Was Citizens on? No. No, that was four. No. I can't believe we're spending more than a minute arguing over which <laughs> which Police Academy came out in eighty six. I just remember five was assign- Assignment Miami. Yeah, no, no. Um, three was Back to the Academy. Was it actually called Back to the Academy? I believe so. I gotta look this up. All right, yeah, you look that up. There's, and... there's, a, there's the line, and you know, when she's teaching him English, and uh, Johnny Five is like, "Beaver, cherry, input." Oh, God. <laughs> My God, why did you program him with catchphrases? <laughs> <laughs> Now the sick thing is, you know that all those those robots were resalvaged, and they're they're just waiting in a warehouse somewhere for when we overrun our planet with trash. Yep. And then then become Wally. Become Wally. Oh yeah, yeah. We saw Wally. Oh my God, it's Johnny Five. <laughs> oh God. And he is alive. <laughs> Joe, what do you got, buddy? All right. 
My second one is back in training. Back in training. Oh, sorry, yeah. that's close. I put Money Pit down as my second movie. The Money Pit. The money I paid movie. I make movie money for the Money Pit. Mr. Schrapp, Walter Fielding. Hey, watch what you say about my mother now. Mr. Schrapp, let's be adults about this. I'm, what, I'm very sorry I wasn't here this afternoon. What can I say? My wife was poisoned and taken to the hospital. Well, what would cut any ice with you? Uh, a bribe? Sure. Can you be here in half an hour? All right. Cash? No problem. I enjoyed it because I like physical comedy, stupid physical comedy. That was Tom Hanks, wasn't it? Was Tom yeah, Tom Hanks, Hanks and Shelley Long. Shelley Long. Yep. And Alexander Goodenough as the uh, the antagonist. Yep. Oh my god, I remember, this was one I would watch a lot because we had recorded it off of HBO. Yeah. I don't know if I have much of an opinion on it though. This isn't the kind of movie that... It's a it, it's a movie that requires no thought. No, you just kind of sit down. It's one of those things that if I, if I was flipping through the channels and it came on, I'd probably just leave it on and just like, ah, that's funny. <laughs> that's it. For me, Tom Hanks wouldn't hit his uh, real comedic stride for four more years. Which was? Joe vs. the Volcano. That one's, I gotta see that again, because that one's a weird one. That was Ryan. the first one that he did with Meg Ryan. Yep. And Meg Ryan. And Meg Ryan. And Meg Ryan. <laughs> no, that, no, I... You can take a little bit for Big. Uh, yeah, two yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two years, yeah. Well, Big's more of a comedy drama. Yeah. Right. This, it's, it's just tough to say, because this isn't the kind of movie I think people get nostalgia goggles about. No, And if you not. do, you're fucking wrong. Um, <laughs> no, you don't, you don't get nostalgia you goggles. Get, you, it, go, you, get, you get nostalgia giggles. But I'm fucked. Yeah, I don't have much to say about it, unfortunately. I, I, I do remember when I was a kid, I liked it a lot. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it the whole way through, but I bet if I saw a clip, I'd know it was the money pit. Well, it's, it's I mean, the big scene it, where, it, where it, he's walking up the stairs, oh, and yeah. all of a sudden it starts collapsing, oh, and yeah. he jumps to, he jumps to try to jump, jump to the landing. Yep. Then it doesn't quite make it. All right, Mike, what do you got? Uh, my next is Flight of the Navigator. Hi, um, can I please borrow some change to pull my parents? Thank you. Hey, Blimbo! Ongoing! Too many Twinkies! <laughs> I haven't seen this movie, I think, since HBO. You bring this movie I up re- to my wife, though, and she has nothing but fond memories of it. This is another one of those where we were out the VHS just watching it over and over. I was confused this movie with The Boy Who Could Fly. I was confused this movie with The, the Last Starfighter. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know who was the voice of the, the alien ship, Paul right? Rubens. Yes, it was. Oh, okay. Cool. Which you can really tell once he, like, starts, he, like, loses his just steadfast monotone. He yep. starts getting personality. That's when he's like, there's Pee Wee Herman right there. <laughs> Joe, any thoughts on Play the Navigator? It's been so long since I've watched it. It's It, it never really affected me when I watched it. Like I said, I, I don't know if I ever actually saw it. Um, I can't remember it. This but, movie... Uh, my, my, my Joe is definitely a fan. Okay. This one introduced me to my love, the Beach Boys. Oh, God. Oh, God, the Beach Boys. <laughs> now we're going to play Kokomo. Great, I'm going to go poop. <laughs> See, Jackie, I told you I'd rewrite that joke. <laughs> no, but, I mean, it, it, I mean it's, it starts off as, like, as a one type of movie, yeah. and then it becomes like another type of movie, but both of them are really fun movies to watch and put them together. 
It's like chocolate and peanut butter. <laughs> nice. It's like a Spielberg it, movie that isn't a Spielberg movie. And this was uh, Sarah Je- Jessica Parker before she became... Um, a horse face? Yeah. Okay. Boy. This was actually when she was still good looking. Wow. And it also had um, uh, Howard Hessman. Oh, God, really? Yeah, yes. it was, uh, um, Dr. Johnny Fever, yeah. Yeah, I know who he is. I yeah. just didn't know he was in this. All right, oh, I, yeah, he was the, the, the head scientist in Paul... In, Evolved around trying to find out where the ship came from. All right, I'm gonna have to find out where I can get a copy of this movie so I can show it to Autumn again and maybe Scarlett. Well, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably gonna go home and buy it on. You know what? I'm gonna buy it on. Buy it on Amazon right now. <laughs> Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> you bring us good things like Flight of the Navigator and horrible things like Swedish Fish Oreos. Yeah. <laughs> Wait till I get the Japanese Kit Kat. Actually, actually on uh, one of the uh, previous episodes of Nerds Unite One podcast, I we, we were talking about Hook, and I was like, huh? I don't have that on Blu-ray. Boop. Amazon ordered. I'm getting, it's on my shelf right now. <laughs> In the wrap. Never to be watched again. Oh, hell no. It's open. Okay. Then again, I bought, what, BVS, what, um, two months ago and I still haven't watched it yet? Mm. Part of that has to do with time. I've watched it and then I gave it to Joe. Yeah, I know. And I've watched it three times since. All right. I just I just finished watching Stranger Things, so. Oh, okay. Oh, stop. So, anyway. um, I guess that's me. All right, next up on my list, The Fly. Drink deep or taste not the plasma spring. See what I'm saying? I'm not just talking about sex and penetration. I'm talking about penetration beyond the veil of the flesh. A deep, penetrating dive into the plasma pool. Oh, my God. Oh, my what God. A what a great movie. It's such a great movie, but such a gross movie, too. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. This was this goes back to a podcast I was listening to, uh, Junk Food Cinema. That Cronenberg was like the master of body horror. Yes. And that that's what this movie is. It's a remake of a 1950s movie. Help me! But, help me! But, oh my god, it just takes it into like a completely different area. And it's so sad. It's like a tragic movie. Mm-hmm. You know, watching him like still think that he can, he can beat this. And he can control it. And he can master this. And just watching him lose Everything. Just slowly turning to, oh, when he starts like blurping up the stomach acid to dissolve the donut, he's like, oh, sorry, that was gross. <laughs> but you almost couldn't, you couldn't have found a better actor to, to do that though. Jeff Gold, this is like Jeff Goldblum's breakout. Uh, yeah. yeah. He'd he done owned, movies he before. Owned role, but, he owned the role. But this one, yeah, oh, and him, Gina Davis, mm. really good in this too. But it's just, it's, it's amazing too because the special effects hold up. And a lot of, you know, it's made, it is a lot of practical effects. Yeah. A right. lot of puppets. Yeah, I mean, the only thing keeping the fly from being my favorite Cronenberg film is Dead Ringers, which we'll talk about in like two years. Yeah, right. Yeah. Did you ever see Dead Ringers? Yeah, I've seen it. Holy fucking shit, that movie's disturbing as all hell. But it's awesome. Oh, it's so good. I used to like, that was the movie when I went to college, that's the one I would introduce friends to. <laughs> and they're probably like, oh my god. What the what fuck is fuck? wrong with you? It's Jeremy Irons. He just won an Oscar. He's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to you, Catherine. Do you need my, my tablet, Catherine? I have your list right here. Yeah, and my running out of battery power. Right? Oh, okay, I'm yeah. Good for, I'm good for now. All right. Uh, you got the big one. You got the IMDb top movie of the year on yours. Stand by me? Yes. At the beginning of the school year, he had buried a quart jar of pennies underneath his house. He drew a treasure map so he could find them again. A week later, his mom cleaned out his room and threw away the map. Vern had been trying to find those pennies for nine months. 
nine months, man. He didn't know whether to laugh or cry. Yep. That was a good movie. People fucking love this movie. For the longest time, I did not realize that was a Stephen King story. Yeah. Stephen King wept when he saw it because it was such a good interpretation of his vision. And this, keep in mind, this is the he same year that Maximum it. Overdrive came out. Yes. That he fucking directed. Yeah. Yeah, he, no, he thought Stand By Me was wonderful. Um, hmm. It's Will Wheaton. Will Keeper Wheaton, Sutherland. River Phoenix, Jerry, uh, Jerry O'Connell. Yeah. And Keeper Sutherland. And, and Keeper Sutherland, and... Who was the body? No, who's the third kid? Corey, we're, we're missing was, a, was he a Corey? Oh, yeah, Corey Feldman. Yep, Corey Feldman. Will Wheaton, River Phoenix, and Jerry O'Connell. So where was Keeper Sutherland? Keeper Sutherland was the, was the teenager. Yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah, yeah. You know, he was oh, an older brother. He was, he was, he was like mean, the, the, the thug. He was a teenager that I think shows up later. Wasn't the body in, somebody famous? I think so. And, and Richard Dreyfus did the voiceover. Yeah, he did the voiceover, and, um, and, uh, yeah, Keeper Sutherland plays a, a character that goes on to have terrible things happen to him in It, I think. Um, oh, it's the same character? I think so, yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, what other what, what, what other bit of trivia is good is that Jerry O'Connell, Corey Feldman, Will Wheaton are all still alive, and River Phoenix's character, who they decided died, died. He's dead, yeah. <laughs> and then Jerry O'Connell got, like, really buff. Yeah. <laughs> Shortly, yeah, he got he well, he got really tall. He got really tall, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he did what my younger brother Mike did, which was he was like you know this tall and was kind of stocky, and then he shot up a foot and a half and didn't yeah. gain any weight. Now he's married he went, to Rebecca Romaine. <laughs> wow, directed by Rob Reiner. Yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, that's oh, the yeah. thing is like this movie is such it's just it's so every time you go to IMDb to read anything about it, it's like oh wow I didn't know that oh wow I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember this was one we watched a lot on VHS. I mean, I don't hold... This is a lot like the Shawshank Redemption. Like, I understand why people love it, and I like the movie a lot. I don't get why some people will go ape shit over IMDb on it. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's still a very, very good it's movie. It's a very good movie, but it's not like... It's not an existential experience for me. No, exactly. You know, it's four kids who are about the same age as most of us were at that point. Right. Having an adventure. Yep. And uh, and and just the, the the story they were telling, and it was it was yeah, it's a really good. It's a, it's a good story, and it was well done as a movie. Yeah. I I, I enjoy it. I do. Joe. No, I enjoyed it. It's a good movie. I just like I said, it's not this religious experience. That really right. No, I was actually asking you what your next movie is. Oh, my yeah. next movie. Yeah, we're oh, moving on. <laughs> yeah, we're moving on. We're we're almost an hour and a half in. All right, all right, all right. I'm moving, I'm moving. Go, go, go. All right, down and out, Beverly Hills. Give the dog a hug. He needs reassurance. Needs to be held. Needs to be touched. Come give him nice. a hug. Give me a break here. Well, get with it. Give, nice dog. Nice dog. All right. You're a very nice dog. When your guest leaves. Matisse will eat. He'll be voracious. He'll be okay. I wouldn't worry about that. But he has other problems. I believe he suffers from nipple anxiety. Probably came from a nine-dog litter. Now, about my feet. Wow. Um, I remember this. Wow, God. I remember this was like a group movie-going experience for me. My sister, who was, is three years younger than me. So if I was 14 at the time, she was 11. Um, you took your 11-year-old sister to movie. My mother and her boyfriend went to a Boston movie theater to go see this. Yes, a R-rated movie. Wow. 
there was a point in high school when my mom just decided to just be cool with us. <laughs> just uh, give up. Just give up and just be cool. And we turned out okay, I think. Um, my uh, Girl Scout leader showed us one of the movies that we didn't talk about that came out this year about last night. Oh, God. oh my God. Oh. On video at a Girl Scout sleepover at her house. Yeah, that and my chauffeur. I have a hard time with any movie that Jim Belushi's one of the romantic leads in. It's pre pre implant Demi Moore. Yeah, not good. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. <laughs> this movie, on the other hand, is actually pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty um, good. I think if I went back and watched it now, I'm sure it's aged horrifically. Oh, I mean, it's it's it, it's got every every eighties trope. Oh yeah, like, every every Art Deco mid eighties Beverly West Hill, West yeah. Coast thing. Which, if you, I actually, my uncle lived in California, so I had the opportunity twice within this time frame to go out to Los Angeles during this kind of thing. Yeah. And it was, it was spot on. It was insane how much pastel and how much, like, pastel you can mis- mix with Aztec art and that kind of. Yeah, the last well, thing California is such a, just a skin deep. Oh god, yeah. Oh, it's the last thing I saw that was like so strongly '80s like that was um, Captain EO. Oh god, we didn't even see that at Disney. No, it, it comes and goes. Oh okay, good. So I didn't feel like I missed anything. No. Um, but, but it was interesting. This was the first movie for Bette Miller's big comeback. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Richard Dreyfus actually. Dreyfuss. This was a big comeback for him too yeah, because Nick he Nol- had done. Nick Nolte was kind of still. He was kicking around. He was kicking around, but after after um, forty eight hours, yeah, he would kind of fade a little bit. Yeah, he would show up and stuff. But yeah, no, I remember when this was when this came out because yeah, it really kind of reinvigorated everybody's career. And this was, the, I think, the first Touchstone. Yes, that's movie. Right. This was Disney's adult, adult film division. wing. Yeah, exactly. But no, overall, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. It was laugh, you know. But, it, it, it's kind of funny though because this, I, I believe this came out before uh, Ruthless People. It did. It was. And it, I remember this, and it's like, and then I watched Ruthless People, and then I'll, I just forgot about Down and Out Beverly right. Hills. <laughs> this was the Bette Midler trilogy. This is the Touchstone trilogy yeah. for Bette Midler. It was Down and Out Beverly Hills, Ruthless People, and then Outrageous Fortune, which came out in like early '87. Yeah. Yep, exactly. I remember these things. Cool. Because you don't have to. <laughs> Mike, what do you got? Uh, next I got the three amigos. Oh, God. <laughs> we uh, rode off on the women. Rode off on the women. Yeah. And plundered. Uh, plundered. Yeah. Uh, pruned. Pruned the uh, hedges. Hedges. Of many small villages. Of many small villages. Who the hell are you? Another one of the goddamn gringos! Take this monkey away! Put him with the other Yankee maricon! What is happening around here today? Are gringos falling from the sky? Yes, That was one of those... Hey! Um, I, that was one of those ones I watched over and over again yeah. on uh, HBO. I, I, went saw, to, I went to see it at the theater three times. Wow. And I watched, I mean, I, I wore out. I, I watched the shit out of this yes. movie. Um, what do you say I have a plethora of Spanish? <laughs> do, 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 do you know what a plethora is? Which, when you look back on it, it really is. I mean. Oh, it's not 
said. Oh, it's it's so absurd. Yeah, this entire like, yeah. movie is an absurdity. It, it, it's it's supposed to be absurd and laughable and ridiculous. You're not supposed to take it seriously. You're not supposed. No, to take no, it. but <laughs> but it was like this was the year. Eighty six was the year I really grafted onto SNL. So and they advertised this movie mercilessly. That was before the good cast, wasn't it? Uh, no, actually, this was, in my opinion, the, the 86-87 cast was one of the best casts slash years they ever had. Is this Phil Hartman? This was, was the first year of Phil Hartman. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, this was, they just advertised this movie like crazy, and they even had all three guys guest host the show yeah. at the same time. This, this movie is eminently quotable. Right? I begged my mother to take me to see this movie. She and I went, and we had a... We did not get asked to leave, like in Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> and this, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> so very old one. So like the, the wind. wind. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> we could honestly just spend the rest of the show throwing out quotes because, I mean, there's, they're not just famous. He's infamous. <laughs> what is happening here? Are amigos falling from the sky? <laughs> yes, El Wapo. <laughs> That's a mail plane. Joe. With a little balls on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. You killed the invisible Schwartzman. I'm sorry, but if you don't want to laugh when they do the My Little Buttercup routine. Oh! <laughs> Wapo's birthday, he's like, eat your sweater! <laughs> In fucking Mexico! <laughs> and he's so happy about it! Oh, he has a plethora of sweaters! He's got, yeah, he's got a plethora of piñatas. Tell me, Jefe, do you know what it means to have a plethora? Because I would hate to think that you tell me that I have a plethora of piñatas when you do not know what it means to have a plethora. <laughs> Tonight, you will be a Wapo's woman. Do you know what foreplay is? No. Good. Neither does El Wapo. <laughs> oh. Last one. We gotta move on. That where they're they're all in the hot desert and they're all like, oh, yeah. like drinking from the canteens and like Ned's got nothing in there, and Steve Martin's got like sand in his. <laughs> and then they just look Chevy over Chase. Chevy Chase. She's like, oh, like showering it. Yeah, there's like one drop. He shakes it out of the sand, and then he's just. <laughs> <laughs> and he drops it off the side, just starts pouring out. He's got the bomb. Ah, you knew Chevy Chase was an asshole. Oh my yeah. god, I, I want, I'm going to watch this again. I gotta, yeah. I'm going to watch it again. Yep, love this movie. Alright, uh, okay, next up on my list, Manhunter. You want to know how he's choosing them, don't you? Thought you might have some ideas. Why should I tell you? You get to see the file in this case. And there's another reason. Pray tell. Thought you might be curious to see if you're smarter than the person I'm looking for. 
Then by implication, you think you're smarter than me since you caught me. No. I know that I'm not smarter than you. Then how did you catch me? You had disadvantages. What disadvantages? You're insane. The first Hannibal Lecter movie. I don't remember watching this. I remember watching the remake. Red oh, Red Dragon. Go back and watch this one. This movie whoops with a belt with a nail in it. Whoops. Red really? Dragon's ass. Oh, it's Michael Mann. So it's a very stylized crime drama. Michael Mann, the guy who did Miami yeah. Vice. It is so tense and looks beautiful. And it, it's amazing this movie bombed. Because it is, I mean, it's just a psychological action thriller. It's funny, because I remember when Silence of the Lambs came out, they made no mention that it was a sequel to Man No, in fact, what ended up happening was, because this is when I was at Adopt a Video, that um, people started coming in looking for Manhunter, because word had gotten out that there was a Hannibal Lecter movie before Silence of the Lambs, and do you have this movie? And we just, we couldn't keep it in stock because people watched this movie. And it was, it, Brian Cox was Hannibal oh Lecter. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Now think about Brian Cox now and think about him 30 years younger. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I, could, I mean, he, he does kind of look like a young, uh, you, you, you guys gotta do yourself a favor and check this movie out because it's, it's very, very good. Uh, Tom Noonan. Plays plays um, Dollarhide, who was played by Ray Fiennes in yeah, um, Red Dragon. Yeah, I just, it's it's. Oh God, I gotta go back and watch this one too. This was so. This was eighty, like the the, the pinnacle of the like, eighties filmmaking. Yeah, you know, with a budget. Hey, Catherine, what do you got? Uh, I got a little battery warning. Okay, I know what you got. <laughs> Shall we name these movies for you? Um, I'm gonna skip to my last one and leave the other ones for my last. Uh, Space Camp. I can't believe it's Green Team Jerkoffs did that too. What a bunch of monkey clones. They ought to be zapped. Hey, where are you going? Turn up! Stop it! There you go again. I have to take everything so literally. How else should I take it? Oh, God. Another one I watched over and over and over. The Patron Saint of Bad Timing. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Released uh, in May of 1986. What happened in February of 1986? The Challenger. Yeah. yeah. This is the kind of thing that nowadays would probably get pulled. Yeah. yeah. And get bumped to yeah. know, the next year or something. Yeah. Or just, or just DVD'd. God, while the entire nation is in mourning, there was some film producer somewhere in Hollywood going, God damn it! <laughs> But I watched the crap out of it anyway because I still wanted to be an astronaut. No. Well, well it, it depends. I mean, were they a nice producer or an evil producer? I'm sure they were if evil. They, if they were an evil producer, like, you can't buy publicity like this. This is this is mid-80s Hollywood. Oh, my yeah. God. It's all evil producers. So, yeah. so, okay, sorry. There was, oh, you can't buy producer, uh, publicity like this. He's talking to the $1,000 night of war. <laughs> right off her ass. Yeah. He's like, what? No say. And meanwhile, Kate Capshaw, Kate Capshaw is your lead. <laughs> God, that's right. Oh. I've never seen this movie, Catherine. Is she any better in this than she is in Temple of Doom? It would be hard to be worse. Who was she? Willie Scott. In Temple, Temple of Doom. Doom. No, I know, I know, I know. It's like the, the girl from. Okay, fine. Who was she in Space Camp? The lead. No, the lead was. 
the girlfriend from Back to the Future. She was it, Leah Thompson was in it. Yeah, Leah Thompson was the lead in my opinion. She wanted. Oh. To be the, she's the one that wanted to be the pilot. Okay, the grown up then. The grown up. Who gives a shit about her? All right, there we go. <laughs> Obviously, Kate, obviously, Kate Capshaw made an impression on Captain. <laughs> yeah, I remember there was a there was this woman that was in charge and forced her to be the uh, pilot instead of the uh, commander, which she really wanted to be because she wanted to be in charge and she wanted to be the girl in charge and made the boy the commander and he turned out to be better at it. Uh, um, of course, the, uh, the uh, Valley Girl with eidetic memory. <laughs> so it was like it was just like you know Nerd Squad the movie. Yeah. All right. Cool. I guess, and you know, it was it was fun, and there was the talking robot guy and all the other stuff that was going on. A lot on. of talking robots in the mid eighties. Oh, Jesus, well, yeah. yeah. We all had an Armatron or something. Yeah. Um, I, had a I mean, hell, in uh, Rocky Five, Rocky Four, Polly had that sex bot, so he <laughs> <laughs> was ahead yeah. of his time. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think my unpopular opinion is I actually enjoyed Space Kid. Okay. <laughs> all right. Joe. Wait, Sam's New Mexico. Well, we already spoke about my next one. I'm, I'm skipping over Iron Eagle. Oh, God. Well, because until Top Gun came along, this came out first in January, and Top Gun came out in May. Look, let, let me clue you in something right now. I've given this country 22 damn fucking years of my life. 22 years. I've seen young boys blown out of the air over the Pacific. Seen it got sprawled all over the rice paddies of Vietnam. So every time somebody dies for this country, believe me, boy, I give a shit. God damn it, nobody talks to me like this. I'm not gonna start now. So And this movie is pure Reagan action. Oh, Reagan fantasy. This is all Reagan yep. fantasy. Alright, hey. Clear up that table, please. <laughs> Here are my balls. <laughs> Yeah. But can you can you imagine until I mean because Iron Eagle is more Air Force centric. You're in the Air Force, you know. You're you're like the Air Force brass. Like, yes, this movie's gonna do it for us. And then all of a sudden, Top Gun comes out. God damn it! Fuck! Sean! Sean! Yeah, I. You know what? I I I saw this movie once on HBO. Again, I just remember Louis Gossett Jr. That's it. You mean I got to play second fiddle with Jason Gedrick? <laughs> yes, Mike? No. I feel like you something up. I am. All right. I'm trying to look up. When was that, um, what was that, that, uh, Clint Eastwood movie where he's fighting the, uh, the robot jet? Firefox. That's right. That was early 80s. Yeah. Early, like, okay. Telepathically driven jet that he had to, he had to know Russian to think, he had to think Russian when he was doing it. Yep. Yeah, because, you know... You can't make up shit like that. I know, I'm not laughing at you because I think you're making shit up. <laughs> I'm just laughing. Cause I I'm may like, as well have just made it up, yeah. though. Some, no, somebody else came up with that. Yep, oh, probably a fever dream brought on by too much blow. You have a better imagination than that. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, Mike, what's your next one? I mean, do we have anything else to say about Iron Eagle no. other than Top yeah. Gun kind of fucked it over for Pretty you? Pretty much, yeah. Yep. My favorite of the Friday the 13th movies. Okay. Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. And that is saying something. That is saying a lot. What's the problem, Sheriff? No problem, Martin. Just a vagrant kid. We got it under control. Did you cover up Jason's grave? What? What are you talking about? Don't concern yourself, Martin. This kid needs treatment. Jason's not in his grave. Hoses. Dig it up. You gotta dig it up. You gotta dig it up. Ugh. <sighs> Dig him up. <laughs> Does he think I'm a farthead? Well, because 
this was the first movie that they they really kind of acknowledge wholeheartedly that that yeah these movies are really cliche and stupid. There's the fact that they're by, by up to part six by now by 1980. But I mean like I mean you know they tried part five where it was a copycat killer and everyone was like yeah these we don't like him as much as we like Jason. So like okay. Let's get Jason struck by a lightning bolt. Hey, look, he's back alive again. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just going around killing people. But, I mean, you know, like, Camp Crystal Lake is a fully functional camp with all the little camp, camp, camp kitties yeah, in there. They never learned from them. <laughs> no, but, like, you know, while, like, Jason, like, stalking through the camp that night, you can see, like, all the kids, like, hiding under their beds. <laughs> and, like, one of them looks at the, his, like, his best friend, he's right next to him, he's like, oh, I didn't want to grow to be old age, did you? Nah. <laughs> so they're, like they're legitimately making fun of this, and I mean they 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 have some like awesome like just funny kills and funny moments. I get I get the lead. Um, he's being like hunted down by the evil, you know, by the cop because he thinks that he the, the you know the hero is being killing all the people that Jason yeah. is. And so like the you know, of course the lead is is his love interest is the uh, sheriff's daughter. Okay. And so they're driving and. In order to hide hide him from her hide him from her father, she uh, takes him and just puts her down into it into her lap while they're driving along. Oh God! And he's like, okay. <laughs> so it's it just it's, it's having fun with the whole genre because they know it's goofy and silly. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> what Nightmare on Elm Street were we on at this point? Oh, eighty-seven, wasn't it? Eighty-seven was Dream Warriors, so there was this year in between. Eighty-five. So 84. Oh, okay. Eighty-four and eighty-five. They skipped that year, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Nightmare didn't start until eighty-two, so it was already like, so it was two, two movies. Because there was one, two we don't pay attention to. Right. So on. Yeah. Was, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry. So anyway, next on my list is a movie again, HBO classic, One Crazy Summer. The only way to win, Theodore, is to cheat. Remember, a little hole in their hull will slow them down just enough. Oh my god, it's rocket mine! Get down! What the hell is that? Teddy, come back here! Come back here right now, boy! Oh my god. A giant dolphin rabies. The Savage Steve Holland follow-up to Better Off Dead. Which do you think is better? This one, One Crazy Summer or Better Off Dead? Oh, better Off Dead is a way better movie. Um, It's more quotable. Definitely, because, I mean, I, I I remember watching One Crazy Summer, but nothing about it really stands out for me. Right. I mean, it's, it's just one of those movies I watched a shit ton as a kid. Yeah. And I just, I just have very fond memories of really liking John Cusack. Not a big fan of Demi Moore. Never have been. Probably never will be. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's one of those Bobcat... I mean, they were capitalizing on the Bobcat Goldthwait thing at the time. Yep. Um, and it's, it's just a fun, stupid summer movie that came out when I was spending summers on the cake. Oh, perfect. So, yeah, it was it was, it was a perfect movie to watch, you know, in that time. Um, and I also love the animation, the animated stuff. With oh, the cute yeah. fuzzy bunnies. <laughs> But, yeah, actually, Savage Steve Holland came out with a movie a few years later called How I Get to College, which is a way better movie than this one. Check that one out. It's actually pretty good. Catherine. Jumpin' Jack Flash. Oh, God. I've it's never seen that gas, movie. Gas. It's a gas, gas, gas. 
found her screaming, soaking wet, waving down cars near Battery Park. What happened? Fell in the river. I told you, I didn't fall in the river. I was thrown. By your pimp, your John. What is it with you people? Every time you see a black woman, it has to be a pimp or a John. What do you think? There's a lot of work down on the pier for hookers. You think I'm giving blowjobs down there to goldfish? Is she on some kind of medication? Not that I know of. I I thought that was a fun movie. I watched that one a lot. Okay, I just remember it being like Whoopi Goldberg's next film after The Color Purple. Okay, well, that, that was not necessarily her best choice then, but it was... This was, ten, this was a Ted Danson vehicle, too, wasn't it? No. no. No, that was made in America. That was back when they were together in the early 90s. Oh, okay. I watched this one on TV, and the only scene I can remember was her, like, locked in a phone booth. Okay. There was the, there was the part where, like, she gets stabbed with truth serum and is staggering down the street, and she sees a couple of punk rockers with mohawks, and goes, look! A tropical fish and his mate. <laughs> um, but she, uh, yeah, I also love the part where she's listen. She's trying to get a clue from the song, and she's listening to Jumpin' Jack Flash over and over and over again. And there's one point where she just breaks out and goes, Mick, 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 speak English. <laughs> and I was like, I feel that way about a lot of songs. I can't make out the lyrics at all. No. But I, I think it was, it was fun. It was a Marshall's fun. first movie, I think, right? As a director. I don't know. You know these things. Okay. I, I, I watched this movie. It was fun. The end. Okay. <laughs> and Matt Jones paid movie money for it. So we got that. <laughs> Joe, do you have any others? I'm stealing one of the, I'm stealing some, uh, the ultimate one of your ultimates. That's fine. All right. The Highlander. I was hoping you would, actually. All right. Uh, Kurgan. He is the strongest of all the immortals. He is the perfect warrior. If he wins the prize, mortal man would suffer an eternity of darkness. How do you fight such a savage? With heart, faith, steel. In the end, there can be only one. Because that actually, I actually, I'm, I actually enjoyed the Highlander. Yeah. I like that movie. I like the lore behind it. Sean Connery really slumming it. Sean Connery <laughs> as a Spaniard. Yeah. No, he's an Egyptian. Sp- Egyptian with a Spanish sword and a Scottish accent. Oh, Which no, is no, hilarious he's, because he's the only Scott in the entire movie oh, right, right, right. about a movie about a Scotsman. <laughs> <laughs> that's not him. Oh, that's right. No, no. It's, it's he's, an, he's a Moor with a Spanish name, a Japanese, Japanese sword, sword, and a Scottish accent. That's yeah. right. I got that straightened out now. I think I, I really like this movie. I liked it better when my friend Dave Morner described this movie to me saying I had to see it. Because yeah. the description was like, yeah, I, t- I want to go to there, but um, I I don't know. I think what 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 has ruined the movie for me has been everything that came after it. Well, the TV show was pretty good. Yeah, I like the, I like the movie. Too. I really like. There can be only one. My ass. Well, they're getting to the one eventually. Better, yeah. Better to live hard and die young than to be old and fade away. Oh God. <laughs> this is a good movie. I mean, this is a good serviceable action yeah. movie. It's, I mean, for such a low-budget, kind of under-the-radar film, right? It, they did an excellent I job. I do not remember this movie coming out. I didn't watch it until two years later. I saw it in and I saw it in Germany. Oh, God. I, I saw it in college. But, I, but we, and we determined that he gets his superpowers whenever he gets wet. It's raining. <laughs> he kills everybody. Yep. There's a point at which they have, like... The sky, op- the the ceiling open up and water comes down and he gets wet and we're like, there it is, there he's gonna win now. It's just, <laughs> it's just, 
I remember when I first watched it, I was like, hey, that's Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, Greystoke. It's Greystoke, yeah. He, he, that's how you delineate. He's Greystoke. I actually watched the TV series first, and then I went back and watched the movie. Ooh. We need to build you a time machine so you can write that wrong, man. No, I the, the show was good. Yeah, you I can, you the can show. appreciate I like, the show in the first movie. I actually, separate I actually, you know, I actually time prefer, I prefer Colin over the water. Yeah. I think Colin McCloud is a better character than Colin McCloud. Yeah. Nerd fights. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, because the TV series really fleshed out the lore and yeah. really yeah. kind of built the world. Whereas the movie, it kind of hinted at it, but... Yeah. I mean, it was a good movie, but it wasn't... It was just sword fights. Right. So, Mike, what do you got? Well, first I got to say, if you ever had any inclination that the Golden Globes were legitimate awards, Uh do you know who won the Best Actor for Musical and Comedy that year? No. Who? Paul Hogan for Crocodile Dundee. Are you fucking kidding me? Paul Hogan got an Oscar nomination for writing the script for Crocodile Dundee. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, um, the right, Academy's my, always been that tough. What's your, what's your movie? My, like? la- my last movie here is uh, Transformers the movie. One shall stand, one shall fall. Why throw away your life so recklessly? That's a question you should ask yourself, Megatron. No! I'll crush you with my bare hands! No. Not GoBots, Battle of the Rock Lords. Fuck you! <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> GoBots. I'm helping! <laughs> I'm Scootor! <laughs> God, Psycho. Leader this, One. Transformers the movie, first of all, is is a traumatizing experience for most children. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it, it, it taught the, kids about death. If you weren't ready to discuss death with your kids, fuck well, you, it's, it's too know, late. Well, okay, well, there's, know, a problem, there's a problem if, you, if, <clears> if it taught your kids about death because that means that you were not watching Sesame Street with your kids when they got to see that movie. Well, it's... it's well, but for a lot of, like, magic-y kids Mr. like Hooper. myself, who, you know, our, the TV was our babysitter. <laughs> right. You know, you know, Optimus Prime was our dad. Exactly. You know, all of a sudden, dad? <laughs> it's, it's because that Optimus Prime was killed in that movie and the backlash against it that they changed G.I. Joe the movie to make it so Duke lived. Yeah. Oh, but, oh my God. Bastards. That the that, only good thing about G.I. Joe the movie is that opening the opening credit sequence. No, that's that see, that scene where Optimus Prime says there can only one must fall. One, one must stand, stand one, one must, must fall. fall. Then transforms and mows down all the Decepticons. Oh, I love it. God. Yeah, there was it was like a wholesale murder in that entire movie. That you've yeah. never seen in the entire series. Oh, I remember I was reading the comic book miniseries tie in. Mm-hmm. Before the movie came out. So everything got spoiled for me. I already know who died, but... Right. What the fuck? Yeah, I, I Bumble, thought... I mean, they killed... They, I mean, I know... They killed everybody! You know, at the time, you're not, you don't realize it, but 30, you know, 20, 10, 30, 20, 30 years on, you realize, well, they needed to get rid of all the G1 characters to make room for all, all the... the new... yeah. Clear off the toy shelves, kids. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you kill off Bumblebee, you kill off Cliffjumper, you kill off Sideswipe, you kill off Starscream, Megatron. However, and of course Jazz died first because Black Guy always dies first. <laughs> this movie, all the Casey Kasem voices gone. Yep. This movie did introduce us uh, to Stan Bush. The oh, music. the touch. 
Yes. Well, the touch in, in the vocal stylings. And, and actually, like the the how they redid the main the theme uh, the theme song. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched this movie in a while because the Bayformers have hey. ruined Transformers for Dare me. Dare to be stupid. Yes, yeah. that's I was gonna say. Dare to be stupid's in this movie. Yeah. And it also did introduce us to the uh, universal greeting: "Bow weep, grana weep, any bow." <laughs> <laughs> Donkey Yeah. Voiced by Eric Idle. Eric Idle. Oh, yeah. God. All right. I'm taking the next one here. All right. Um, last on my list, before we get to a couple of honorable mentions here, Little Shop of Horrors. Next. It's me. Arthur Denton. I'm next. Next. Huh? Does uh, that have an appointment? Ask it. I'm off duty. I've been saving all month for this. I think I need a root canal. I'm sure I need a long, slow root canal. Let's go. Higher history of dental problems. Shut up! Yes, doctor. I love that movie. Love the movie. Love this movie. It was, I think, the first musical I really loved. First musical I ever wrote a soundtrack for. The first song from that soundtrack that I actually listened to and really caught on with me, Suddenly Seymour. Okay. Yeah. That's that's just a really good song. That is a great song. Yeah. yeah. Big bad uh Big Green Mother from Outer Space is the original track from that from the movie. It was not on the off Broadway. This was not a Broadway show at the time, by the way. This was off Broadway. It only had a Broadway debut like ten years ago. I prefer the happy ending. Yeah. The version I was in did not have the happy ending. The version I saw in Boston didn't have an happy. No one, no one does the happy ending. Just the movie. Yeah, the the movie didn't like folk didn't focus group well, so they like came up with this random ending, which I thought was the ending until I recently learned about it. Yeah. And then uh, found out it was coming out on Blu-ray with the original ending, and I knew that Joe had been in the show, so I was like, I will get him this for Christmas. Yep. No surprise to him. <laughs> nope. They all no. die. Oh no, he knew about it. Of course he did. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He, he did the show. He knows. Yeah, he knows. Um, yeah. And so uh, here's some honorable mentions. And these are really kind of like junky honorable mentions. Oh, yeah. Steve Martin was in Little Shop, too. He, oh, yeah, God. He was, he was brilliant he was in Little Shop. Yeah. Howard the Duck. I watched How that a million you. times on HBO. Bring up that movie. I saw that movie. I paid movie money for that movie. Uh, when, when 30 seconds Lucas, end, what were you thinking? When the 30 seconds at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy it was better than the entire two hours of Howard the Duck of the movie, yep. you know you got a problem. Cleveland. We should have seen the prequels. Oh, what God. was coming from the prequels. God. Well, you know the funny thing is, this was written and uh, produced by and directed by uh, Willard Hayuk, who, who wrote the script for uh, Temple of Doom. Hmm. So we should have seen the writing on the wall right yeah. there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it is an infamous bomb, but it's the kind of bomb you have to see once. I saw it once, and that was it. Nope, I, I watched that on HBO. A lot, yeah. I've never I seen it. Implied interspecies sex? Eh. There were <laughs> duck know. boobs in it. <laughs> I don't need to know. There was a duck pleasuring herself in the bathtub. Their boobs bared. Sorry. They are duck boobs. I, I think I've managed to block most of this movie. Actually. Yes, as well you should have. Yeah. Um, even though Tim Robbins is in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, speaking of uh, notorious bombs, I mentioned it earlier, but Maximum Overdrive. 
Stephen King directed this movie and was so high on cocaine, he had no memory of doing this movie. What about Emilio Estevez? Oh my god, he was he looked embarrassed. Everybody in this movie looked embarrassed. Literally, the only thing from this movie I can remember is, is the green goblin. It's a truck with the green goblin head. Right. Which is kind of stupid because, you know, all they have to well, do that, is... that and the sewing machine's fucking Oh, that's the thing, too. They straight out fucking murder kids in this movie. Yeah. Like, on screen. Like, a kid gets rolled over by a steamroller. Yep. Yep. Um, other movies. Cobra. Pick, huh? Even though we've already spoken about yeah, it. Yeah, we're not going to go into any detail about Cobra. Fuck that movie. <laughs> Peggy Sue got married. Actually, Catherine, you and I both had this on our alternates list. Yep. I remember liking this movie. It was I, like I liked it. Okay, my mom took us to see it in theaters. This and was bad timing, though. Back to the Future is out a year before. Right. Virtually yeah. doing the same thing. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, it was okay. Yeah. This would be my my look on it now. I I, I don't know. I may have to go back and watch it again just because, just to yeah. see how it holds up. Plus, back when Kathleen Turner was still young and attractive. She's turned into a pack of Marlboros. I, I, yeah. So that sounds like it too. <laughs> Mike, you have one on your list here that need that does need uh, mentioning. Are you talking about critters? Well, no, but yeah, go ahead, all critters. <laughs> critters is just a guilty pleasure fun movie. It, I mean, it's you know a bunch of little tiny like tiny furry Ewoks that come to Earth and start eating people. Mm. It's just funny. In the vein of Gremlins. Yeah. As everything yeah, it's, it's, stole but, from it, Gremlins like, at that time. It's like Gremlins, but with much more horror and right. included into it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they, 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 they turn themselves... Oh, wait, no. That's the second one, that they turn into the giant ball. I still, at this point, I confuse it with uh, Troll, the Troll movies. So. Yeah. I've never seen I think, Troll. I think Troll came out this yeah, year. Yeah, Troll too. came out this year. Oh, did it? Yeah, I, yeah, I believe I saw that while I was scrolling around trying to figure out what movies to talk about. Oh, boy. Yeah. And Mike, you got one more on your list. The Great Mouse Detective. I have Talk seen about an under underrated, underappreciated Disney movie. Yeah. Disney animated movie. This movie has zero presence in the parks, by the way. Oh. Um because well, they forgot those, about like, it. A lot of those mid eighties movies have no presence. <laughs> Black Cauldron's yeah, not yeah, in there. The eighties did not exist for Disney until the Little Mermaid. Yeah. Right. Um I remember this movie was okay. It oh, is it's a, enjoyable. It I is a competently a made Disney animated movie for what they had at the time. And, and American Tale came out this year, too. Oh, oh my God. None of us had that on their list. Like, I, I, had it on I did, opening. but I didn't remember it as well as, say, Jumpin' Jack Black. So. Okay. Oh, I, I yeah, love American Tale. That's actually got a really good soundtrack, too. Mm. Oh, God, yeah. How, yeah. How, how many times did you hear the Linda Ronstadt version somewhere out there on the radio? Too many! It's still a great song, though. Okay. I still love that song. As you were. Not not necessarily the Linda Ronstadt version. Right, right, right. The right. It's always the movie version. Yeah. Although, <laughs> that kid couldn't sing. No. Mm. But the funny thing is, though, this was the Don Bluth, like, when Don Bluth's movies were... In terms of quality and actually overall box office success, Superior better movie. than Disney at that oh, point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, was was this was this um, Michael Eisner? No. Oh, okay. I, I, no, no. Oh, you're, you're asking about Disney. Yeah. Disney. You no, know, this was Michael Eisner. Okay. Yeah. I think it was. No. No, it wasn't. Michael Eisner didn't come into like the early nineties. Yeah, he brought back like the Katzenberg. Thing. It was the Katzenberg year. Oh, okay. I remember that from that um, 
uh, Sleeping Beauty Awakens documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is all about Disney. But this was, I think this, wasn't this uh, the first animated movie for Steven Spielberg? Yes, for for Amblin. For Amblin. Yeah, Yeah. Because he was, he had. Because, I mean, this was like the first real competitive shot. Right. Disney. I mean, th- this movie had an emotional Cause punch. Because Warner, Warner Brothers wasn't putting out shit animated movies. Mm-hmm. They were just they were happy doing, right. re- doing reruns of uh, Silly Symphonies and Looney Tunes. Right. And the Amblin stuff would, would spawn like the Land Before Time and yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But this this one had so many sequels. This one was <laughs> this one had an emotional punch to it that really was oh, effective. Yeah. yeah. So. So there's some good movies there. I would I would agree this was a good yeah, yeah. overall year. I'm mean, looking forward to '87 when we can finally get our our, our long in depth discussion about the Masters of the Universe movie, <laughs> <laughs> a movie that you can visibly tell when they ran out of money. <laughs> sword and sorcery, sword and sorcery, and done. And car. <laughs> So anyway, next up, um, we are going to take a little bit of a deviation from doing like just a movie show or a music show or whatever, and we're actually going to blend all three. So music, television, stage, and screen, we're going to take a pop culture tour of Camelot and discuss the pop culture implications of King Arthur. The Mort Arthur War. Yep. So, no, that's not pop culture. We don't, we're not talking about that one. Please just start reading the books. source material. Yeah, source material. Oh, yeah. You no, and I. No. We're... Okay, fine. I'll reread my Crepe and Detroit. Oh, my God. So much French. <laughs> so much French. <laughs> so, if you have any um, Arthurian legends that you want to discuss, any um, any movies, books, Something songs. Something beyond Excalibur. Okay. Yeah, because we're going to be talking a lot about Excalibur. Half the show will be dedicated to Excalibur. The other half will be seeing if I can dig up a picture of you as Pelinor. Oh my god. Oh, I, I have the sword. I have the sword right around the corner. And I will show it to you before we leave. So anyway, if you have anything you want to add to the conversation, you can email us at geeksaladradio at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at geeksaladradio. Uh, you can follow us on our uh, Facebook page, which is Geek Salad Podcast. And check out our archive either at geeksalad.podbean.com or you can check us out on iTunes or use the Stitcher app because that automatically updates. Yeah. It does. It does. So until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. Go forth and be nurtured. We'll talk to you soon. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.